Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Brax Tax, uh, where this summer we're just doing an AMA that's Ask Me Anything, um, taking your questions and answering them here on the show. Uh, we've got a Google Doc for that. We've sent out some emails with that Google Doc. If you have a question that you would like to ask, you can submit that anonymously on the Google Doc itself. Um, and then your question will be featured on this podcast. If you want to talk in person about your question, uh, make it a little bit more conversational and personal. Um, my cell phone number is on there. You can just text me and uh, you can ask the question that way. Or we could just, I'll take you out to lunch and we can talk about that and anything else that you want to. Um, another announcement really quick is going to be July 10th. Um, if you have any questions about the Bible and what it has to say about gender and sexuality and the LGBTQ plus community, uh, July 10th, we're having a luncheon after second service from 12 to two, we're going to serve you food and I'm going to talk about, um, our faith and how it relates to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, try to do extensive research about this. Um, I've learned a lot and uh, I think it's a really good topic. Um, so today is a little special. We've got our very own intern, Isaiah Cruz, on the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to, happy to have you on here. So Isaiah is kind of going to be our host uh, questioner person. Uh, he's agreed to do that. He's, he's our sound guy, too. Um, yeah. There's so many more chords and fancy equipment than I have ever had here on the show. In fact... Um, part of why this happened was because Matt Hutchcraft and I already recorded a podcast episode for this week. And uh, my lack of technological skills on these things meant that I had recorded none of it. And it was going to be like an hour and a half. So I have Isaiah here because he's trustworthy on these things. So Well, yeah. This first podcast, hope it goes well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were talking to someone who's not quite a veteran, but at least has talked to people before. So... How about we get right into these questions? What do we have? Sounds good. So the first question is, if someone commits suicide, will they still go to heaven? And that is a very good question, isn't it? It is. I, uh, you did a lesson on that at one point. Mm -hmm. I was very intrigued, but yeah. I wasn't in high school at the time, yeah. so I didn't hear the lesson. Yeah. So, yeah, some, some of those. So we try to have, in the past, we've done this a few times, of controversial February um, and you wouldn't have been around for this. Yeah. Uh, so the confused look <laughs> that you just gave me is, is warranted. Um, so on Sunday mornings for high school, we would actually do every Sunday for the whole month, month of February, um, was, uh, having these controversial questions and, and topics. So we had, uh, LGBTQ plus and ethics around that. Um, we had, uh, abortion, um, we had racism, we had politics, and then there was one year that I gave a talk on, on suicide. That might have been different than controversial February. I can't remember. But, yeah, if you weren't around... Yeah, definitely like, was not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I haven't talked about this before. Um, so, first of all, whenever we're asking a question or we're being asked a question, we need to understand why someone is asking this question, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it could be, first of all, that someone is asking this question because they themselves have, have a family member or a friend who has committed suicide, right? Yeah. Um, 
and so that might be driving this question. Um, and, and that would be a very personal thing then to, to be speaking into. So someone, you know, it's like they've, they've lost a loved one to this and now they're wondering where they are. Um, so then that would mean you should probably be pretty careful and delicate and answering this question and, and caring about this person's, um, emotional state. Um, as you try to answer it. Another thing might be that they themselves are actually struggling with suicidal thoughts. Um, and, and again, you, you know, really would need to be careful in the way that you're answering the question, the posture, you know, the, the body language, your tone, the words that you choose, all that kind of stuff is going to be important. Um, I mean, I, I hope that it's, it, I, I mean, I don't know. Has this been clear for me? Like when, when you're asked a question, ask them why they're asking. Yeah. Yeah. So, because if you don't know, then gosh. You There's can, multiple ways to answer a question. Right. Depending on who's asking it. Yeah. You know, and it could be like someone who's just really snarky, you know, <laughs> and just kind of like a goof or something. And it's like. Well, that changes the way that you answer and, you know, and then you don't know who's listening. You know, yeah. that's another thing is like, if you're one-on-one, -on -one, that's a little bit easier. But if there's like a whole bunch of people listening or at least two or three, you know, yeah. then it's like, yeah, this person might be a goofball and snarky and all that, but there might be someone that's listening that's, you know, actually struggling with these things. So, um, so yeah, first ask why they ask and and I think those would probably be the more common reasons of either they themselves are struggling with suicidal thoughts or they have a family member or a friend who has committed suicide. Um, so, man, where to start? Uh, if someone commits suicide, will they go to heaven? Um, I think first, my first thought right now in life would be um, this question is also coming from an understanding that life is all about going to heaven yeah. and, and avoiding hell, right? Um, I don't think that's all that life is. Um, so that would, that would be a part of this conversation probably is like, because um, we get so concerned. Like this isn't just, this is probably coming even from a heart that's like, am I going to go to heaven, you know? Yeah. Like we're, we're always like, well, how do I know? Like I'm not there yet. So how do I know? Um, and so then we ask these kinds of questions. So you could insert anything else. If someone commits adultery, you know, will they still go to heaven? Um, if someone commits murder, will they still go to heaven? You know? And so there's these kinds of questions, right? That's like very concerned about making it into heaven someday. Um, but I think that the Bible's much more about heaven is in the person of Jesus. The kingdom has come. Uh, this is why we pray, uh, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That that's a reality for us right now. Um, so I think you could switch it then and, you know, say if someone is considering suicide, are they, someone, are they a member of, uh, of the kingdom of heaven? You could change it that way. Yeah. Um, and I think that would probably already start to create some clarity around this, right? Like, I would think so. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, t tell me what you're thinking. I, I mean, yeah. 
silent. I don't know. I'm still processing most okay. of this. Okay. All right. So so stop me if if something's confusing or, you know, okay. cuz I'm not always clear in, in what I'm saying. But so let's say then that you know, you're struggling with suicidal thoughts. Are you a member the, of the kingdom of heaven? I don't see why not. You know, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. You know, like I'm not okay. A lot of people struggle with a lot of things. Why wouldn't you be a member of the kingdom of heaven right now? But but the question is different, right? Um, so I, I think that kind of helps us to see that you can be someone who is struggling with depression, with anxiety, with suicidal ideation, um, and, and still be a member of the kingdom of heaven. You're not... Um, somehow not a child of God just because you struggle with these things. Um, so I think I would just in this first part of answering the question, want to be really clear that if you are struggling with these kinds of things, if you're listening and you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, um, know that you're not alone. For one, I think a lot of people really have struggled with suicidal thoughts at some point in their lives. Um, and honestly, I mean, teenagers, I think, have it harder than a lot of adults um, with the the workload that you guys have. Um, I mean, there there are youth that are getting up at like 6 a.m. to go do extracurricular stuff before school. Yeah. Um, go to school, do that for like six to eight hours, and then have extracurricular stuff after school that doesn't get them home until like 10, and then they have like two to three hours of homework to do still. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of work mm -hmm. in one day. And, and it's not just the work. It's also, um, and if you don't get good grades and get these good sports things and achievements, well, then you won't get scholarships and you won't go to a good college and you won't get your college degree and you'll be stuck at McDonald's your whole life, you know, working a, a minimum wage job. And then you're, no one's going to want to marry that. And then you're going to, you know, end up living in your parents' basement until they die and they give it to you. And then you're going to die alone. Like, yeah. all because you like got a B on, on a test. It's like... <laughs> Okay, that can lead to a lot of anxiety and then lead to a lot of depression. And, and then you start to think, um, it would be better for me if I were dead, you yeah. know? So it's like people who struggle with suicidal thoughts, you can easily see why, why people would, you yeah. know? Um, so that would be like one way. Okay, so, so again, let me circle back. If you're struggling with those those thoughts and those temptations, know that you're not alone, that a lot of people do struggle with those things. Um, if you are struggling with those things, um, you can you know text me, uh, reach out, um, be happy to, to talk. Um, there's also, I mean, I love that there's less and less stigma around getting therapy right now. Um, I mean, there's so many times where I could just like walk into the youth room and be like, Hey, who here is in therapy? And like, people would raise their hands now instead yeah. <laughs> of being like, uh, I don't think I am. That's okay. I'm going to keep that a secret. Um, yeah, go to therapy. Uh, you know, find yourself. great. Yeah. I, I just do counseling and I think that's great. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to talk to somebody and just, man, so many people are external processors too. 
of like, okay, I don't know the emotions that I have right now, but as I'm talking through the situation and the things that I'm going through, it becomes more and more clear, yeah. you know? Um, and you can pray with that too. Like I've, I've found that prayer can also be like a counseling session when you're just kind of like stream of consciousness praying before God. And then it's like, Oh, that's what's going on with me. Thank you, God. You know, yeah. um, I've uh, had last Sunday, there was a few songs that played and uh, it helped me think and realize how I was actually feeling about right. some things. And yeah, very helpful. Yeah. So all the ways, you know, church is helpful. Um, prayer, but yeah, I mean, if you need to go see a therapist, go see a therapist, talk to somebody. Don't, don't let yourself be alone. Um, I was reading the Proverbs this morning and, um, I think it was Proverbs like 18, one said something like, um, uh, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Um, and really it's just saying if you're isolated, that's so bad for you. Um, so talk to somebody, you're not alone. Um, so we can see then how easy it is to get anxious and depressed with how busy things are. Another thing though is that's that's kind of broad. That's like most youth that are going through those things. I mean, as homeschoolers, we probably got less of that. Yeah. You know, um which I was personally thankful for growing up. I mean, I I was I'm more, I'm more stressed now as an adult than I was as a kid and my upbringing had its own issues, but, um, I'm more stressed now and that's probably the way that it should be. But there are some youth that are more stressed now than they will be as adults. So, Hey guys, there's <laughs> something to look forward to here. Um, it does get better, honestly. Um, but then even as Christians, like some people are like, well, you're a Christian, then you shouldn't struggle with anxiety and depression. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, definitely don't agree with that. I'm glad you don't. Um, I mean, like, okay, let's take anxiety for a second. Paul, he's the guy who writes, and and people quote him all the time about this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, present your requests to God with thanksgiving. And the God, you um, you know, he'll give you the peace that passes understanding. And then, you know, Peter will say stuff about, like, casting all your cares on God. Okay, but let's take Paul for a second. He's the one who's saying, pray and let God's peace surpass understanding and you won't be anxious. You know, is that, is that what he's saying? I don't know if that's what he's saying. Um, he is saying to talk to God about it. And he, you know, he is saying, don't, don't be anxious. It's good to not be anxious. I think... People who struggle with anxiety would agree <laughs> that they would rather not. Um, but he's also the same guy who earlier in that same book, that's that's uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, says that he was greatly anxious because of uh, his coworker is is sent, um, I think, to him from the Philippians and. Um, the Philippians find out that he's sick, uh, and, and like near to dying. And so Paul's like, I'm anxious about this whole situation, you know, cause I've got my coworker who's dying on me. You found out about it and that's making me concerned that you're concerned, you know, so that's, that's something. And then he also, I think it's second Corinthians, 
uh, 11 when he's talking about um, all of his weaknesses. And he's like, I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I've been flogged. I was shipwrecked, you know, and he says that he's in danger in the wilderness, in danger in the city, from his own countrymen, from the Gentiles. He's just piling up everything he goes through. And he ends it with, on top of all this, I have my like unceasing anguish or anxiety for all the churches in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is Paul, the guy that wrote, don't be anxious. And here he is giving examples in, in this letter and in other letters of how he's anxious. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Uh, I just, uh, reminds me of a saying that my dad says occasionally. Mm-hmm. He'll say something along the lines of, do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think what Paul's doing is he's saying this is, this would be ideal, right? Is cast your anxieties on the Lord. Um, you know, let his peace come. Don't be anxious. We want that while at the same time acknowledging that for one, I think there are things that are worth being anxious about. I mean, you know, imagine like your best friend is, is stuck in a car that's like teetering over a bridge, you know? Yeah. Like see a little, uh, anxiety inducing. Right. <laughs> like if you're not anxious about that situation, there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah. You know, I think that our anxieties, like that emotion or that, or that feeling, like that was built in us to see the world and respond appropriately. I think it's good for you to be anxious about some things. It's when anxiety becomes, you know, about everything and, uh, and crippling that it, you know, it starts to do some, some real damage. But, you know, um, so within the church, I would say, you know, if someone says, oh, don't be anxious for anything, or uh, the other side of the coin would be um, with depression, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got something? <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I can actually rejoice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think positively. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, we have good news. We've been given good news that we, I mean, some, man, I, I experienced times where it's so easy for me to rejoice in the good news that Jesus has come to make all things new, that he's restoring uh, me, that he's restoring all of creation, that um, he's uh, broken the power of sin over me in my life and that I'm free to live the way that I was always supposed to live and that he's going to come back someday and he's going to make everything right and, and wipe away every tear. But that part, you know, he's going to wipe away every tear. That means I'm crying, yeah. you know? Um, and, and this is actually from pastor Ben. I was talking to him about emotional life and, you know, joy and how Christians can so emphasize be joyful and it's almost like and if you're not and if you're experiencing anxiety that's sinful and if you're experiencing depression that's sinful like that's how often in the church in the last I don't know 20 30 years has treated anxiety and depression and Ben and I were talking about how joy gets so emphasized in some churches and and Ben said this and it was really powerful um, he's pulling it from 
uh, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Um, and there's this, Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn because you will be comforted. And Ben said that he, he was just praying, listening to the spirit. And he felt that God was saying to him, how can I comfort you if you will not mourn? Um, and dude, that has been like so powerful for me. Um, to, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think about that mm -hmm. much. So right. Yeah. I definitely think that'll help. Yeah. I always feel like I shouldn't mourn. Right. Like it, I have things to be grateful for. Right. Yeah. Like almost like you're, you know, it feels like you're, there's like guilt yeah. for letting ourselves experience these, you know, unhappy emotions, unpeaceful, you know, um, and it is like, you know, I have so much to be grateful for. I've got Jesus. I've got family. I've got friends. I've got, you know, all these things. I, sh I should be grateful. And it's like, but there is brokenness in this world. And it's okay to let yourself experiencing experience those emotions. Let them happen. Um, you know, because how will God bring comfort to us if we won't mourn? Um, so don't be afraid of those things. And, and okay, so all of that to say... <laughs> As a Christian, it makes sense even to be anxious and, and depressed. So with those things, anxiety and depression, um, forget the fact that a lot of people use these Bible verses to say that you should never experience anxiety and depression. Imagine this then. You're living in that kind of world where um, it's wrong for you to experience these emotions. You do feel kind of guilty yeah. for, for experiencing them. And so then... Does that make you happy? Then you're like, okay, I'm just going to be joyful because, you know. No. <laughs> like, doesn't that perpetuate the cycle of anxiety and depression then? Yeah. Because when you mourn, then you think you should be happy. And mm -hmm. then next time you're like, oh, I should have been, I should have stayed happy or whatever. And then keep getting more anxious and depressed. Yeah. So, so that brand of Christianity can actually be more conducive for creating anxiety and depression in, in a Christian than not. So so that can be something that happens just as well. There can be this attitude of um, uh, kind of a perfectionism. So, um, and, and this happens a lot for, I think, for guys who struggle with lust and pornography and stuff, is it's like, man, I shouldn't do this. This is bad. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Um, I've sinned. Okay, I'm going to try better next time. You know, and over and over and over again. And then you start to feel like, okay, I'm not going to beat this thing. Like, it's beating me. I'm never getting out of this. And then there's anxiety and depression around this because now you have guilt before God, you feel like you can't go to him. Um, that, and that sense of not being enough, which can really start to, you know, turn up the heat on, on anxiety and depression, or maybe, um, pour more wet water onto the wet blanket that you're living under would probably be a better way of talking about it instead of like turning up the heat. Cause those emotions aren't really hot. Um, <laughs> they're just kind of, you know, huh. um, so then you start, yeah, you have this perfectionism of like, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be struggling with this, which then is creating more anxiety and depression. 
Uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, pornography. It, it could be so many different things. Maybe, like I said, just the anxiety and that struggle itself can start bringing more, like I shouldn't be struggling with depression and anxiety, and that's making more, me more guilty and anxious and depressed. Um, and then you're brought to a place where it's like, okay, if I'm going to beat this sin, then I need to die. Yeah. Right? Like you could even see suicide as a, as like a, um, kind of like an anti-hero thing to do. Like it, I know it's not right, but it's for a good reason. Yeah. You know, like that's how we would justify it to ourselves. And I'm not saying that that's. It's not good. <laughs> it, it, that's still a bad thing to do. But we would still, I think we try to justify our actions and, and be like, well, I don't want to sin anymore. So it would be better for me to die and not sin than to keep sinning against the Lord who, who redeemed me. Yeah. Um, but I think this question uh, itself, if someone commits suicide, will they still go to heaven? is coming from the same place of um, perfectionism, right? Because if someone uh, struggles with lust, let's, sw let's switch the question. If someone struggles with lust, will they still go to heaven? Yeah. What's, what's great here is, for one, I'm not the judge. Jesus is, right? Yes. Um, there are warnings in the New Testament that are like, hey, this is bad. This can kill you. Um, Paul will even say the sexually immoral have no inheritance in the kingdom of heaven, right? But that's viewing it right now, right? Like if you're seeing someone who's, who's sexually immoral, well, they don't have an inheritance right now. That doesn't mean that they can change and, you know, like they, they can't change and then they won't have an inheritance. Yeah. Right. But if someone struggles with lust, will they still go to heaven? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You know, because the thing is, am I, do I enter into the kingdom based off of what I do or what Jesus has done? Jesus has done. Right. Yeah. It's his blood that covers me today and cleans me from all sin. So if I struggle with lust, he cleans me of all sin. It's not my ability to say no to lust that makes me a citizen of the kingdom. It's Jesus' blood and his welcome of me into the family of God, not my work. Not my own stuff. Now, work is a part of the Christian life. Like, we should start to have the family resemblance of God. But the kingdom of heaven has come and has been given to us as a gift. Yeah. Not Jesus has come and, like, done a down payment thing. And is like, or, or how about this? Like, it's not like Jesus has come and says, here's your ticket to heaven. Don't lose this because the train is coming at the end of your life. And if you lose your ticket, you're not going to get on the train. That's not how, how it's worked. I'm very happy. Right? Because the language of the New Testament is that we've been like the gospel in being saved. We've been put, like this. What it means to be saved is that we got on like God put us on the train and drove the train 
to his kingdom. That's where we live now. We already have heaven. Yeah. Not, here's the ticket, the train's going to come at your the end of your life, don't lose the ticket, and if you do, you can't get on. It's, I've already put you onto the train, you've been, you've been transferred out of this kingdom of darkness, and now you live in the kingdom of my, my son. That's what's happened. So then, okay, if someone commits suicide, will they still go to heaven? Last thing to say before getting to what I really think. <laughs> so, a lot of setup. Um, uh, who are we talking about? Would be a question that would come into this, right? Of, you know, and this, this happens too when people are like, well, will, you know, are gay people going to heaven? I'm like, what gay person are we talking about? Like, this is so hard to answer because I... I don't want to live in generalities and just be like, oh yeah, for sure. This person is going to go to hell. Like, I don't know that. We aren't the judge. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Jesus is the judge and he is, you know, better at <laughs> judging than I am. So I'll just leave it up to him. But that would be a question to ask is who are we talking about? If someone is like, you know, uh, like a neo-Nazi, um, and they're like persecuting minorities and, you know, they burn Bibles and punch babies and, you know, kick Christians like, and then they commit suicide and be like, I don't know, but it seems to me just spitballing here. I don't think they're going to heaven. Um, but I'm guessing that's not what the question would be. I think the question would be either someone who is religiously ambiguous or someone who's a Christian. With the religiously ambiguous, I, I would say, okay, from what I see in the New Testament, Jesus is the one who brings the kingdom. He's the one who brings the good news. He's the one who brings life. So I would be more concerned for someone who doesn't believe all of that and then commit suicide. I'd be more concerned, but hey, I'm, again, I'm not the judge. Jesus is, and he's way better at judging than I am. Um, and there's a, a line in the Old Testament that says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? I can trust him for that for my religiously ambiguous friends who might commit suicide. If me as a Christian, if I commit suicide, I think that's probably where this, is, this question was coming from, is if someone commits suicide as a Christian, will they still go to heaven? Okay, let's, let's, let's flip it, all right? Um, Let's say I get in an argument with my wife. It's a really bad argument, really heated, lots of anger. I get in my car and there's this thing of like angry driving. Like it can, I don't know, it, it, it's not smart. But, you know, you might think, ah, this will make me feel better of just like flooring it and just, you know, doing dangerous things because I'm so mad. It's like slamming a door, you know, yeah. that kind of, you, you think you're getting it out of your system. So I get in my car and I start driving angry and I, sm I, I smash into a semi, you know, like head on because I'm being reckless and angry and I die. Do I still go to heaven? I would have. Assume so. I would assume so too. Um, let's say, 
Let's say that I go skydiving. It would never happen because I never want to go skydiving. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's say I go skydiving and the chute fails. I'm on my way down and I am just cussing the whole time because <laughs> I'm falling to my death, right? Yeah. And then I die. It's not good to cuss. Do I go to heaven? Again, I would assume so. Right. But because I don't think that the last act of our lives determines where we end up. So why would it be any different if I let my depression or my anxiety take my life? And that is sinful. You know, you're, you're killing. That's, you're, you're violating the, the sixth commandment there of not murdering. Um, if I kill myself out of anxiety and depression, why wouldn't I go to heaven? Yeah. I can't think of a reason. Yeah, I, I mean, can't unless either. you haven't accepted Christ, but right. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But if I have, then I would think you still would. I would think so too. Um, and some people, I actually heard this same kind of talk given that at the reality conference. Um, did you go last year? I did not. No. Okay. Come this year, by the way, registration, uh, we're going to get that up soon because we can actually start signing up and their early bird price is like $35 to go to this in November. I think it's November 11th and 12th. It's a Friday, Saturday. It's really, really good. And Jonathan, I think it's noise, but it's spelled, it's his last name is really, it, it's spelled no yes, which is just great. I love it. Um, but he gave a talk on suicide and this is where some of this is coming from. And afterwards there was some Q and a time and me and Zach Hellman stuck around because there was this girl who was adamant that she had to ask for forgiveness for every sin that she's committed in order for it to be forgiven in order for her to be clean enough to go to heaven. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that that's how that works. I'm so sorry. I, you know, Psalm 19, I just read this morning and, and in it, David says, declare me innocent of hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Then I'll be blameless. So two things, presumptuous sins, the things that are blatant. Keep me away from that, obviously, when it's like, I know that this thing is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. Keep me back from that. But the other one is declare me innocent of hidden faults. The things that I don't even know about, declare me innocent of those things. So I don't think it's like, okay, well, I commit suicide. That sin, that's the last act of my life. I don't have a chance to ask for forgiveness and repent of that. Therefore, I'm going to hell? I don't think so. I think that even then the act of asking for forgiveness and repenting would be viewed. Then we're starting to see that as the way we get to heaven, not Jesus being the way that we get to heaven. And again, it's not, I've been given the ticket hold on to this until the end of your life if if you know and if you lose it then you're missing the train it's we've already been transferred into the kingdom of God's son we've already taken that train ride so we don't ha you know with all of this this is kind of a side thing but stop struggling with your assurance of salvation because it's already come like you don't need to wonder will i go to heaven you're already living in heaven in a colony of heaven. 
And heaven's going to come here someday. We are going to die and hang out with Jesus in the meantime. But we already have it. We don't have to be concerned of like, will I or won't I? Will I be enough or won't I be enough? No, Jesus has deemed you to be worthy. He gave you that worth. Okay, that also brings up the question of uh, if I'm already saved, then why can't I do all of those sinful acts? Oh, yeah, dude, great question. I love that. Because, I mean, Paul tries to answer that so much in the book of Romans. Uh, and that's just a long letter to the Roman church. Um, uh, yeah, of like, okay, if I'm already in the kingdom, then, well, then I, can't I just do whatever I want? And Paul would say, no, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> um, and I think even that, that's probably still coming from a place of, I go to heaven someday. But Jesus' work in the Gospels, which I would say that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are like, if I were to say that they're the most important writings of the, of the Bible, those would be it. Um, if I had to. And, and the reason why is Jesus is saying, the kingdom has come. Here it is, in what and who I am and what I'm doing, this is what the kingdom looks like. So let's say um, that you show up to, to youth group every week and you have the Puerto Rican flag because um, you're Puerto Rican. We've, we've got this, this <laughs> genetic similarity. I, I have very <laughs> tiny amount of Puerto Rican, but let's show, you know, you, you wear the, you know, a shirt that's got the Puerto Rican flag on it and you only speak, speak Puerto Rican around us. You, you don't do any like American like things at all. Um, just culturally very Puerto Rican stuff. Um, you don't have, even a, an American citizenship. Um, would we say, oh yeah, Isaiah's an American? Probably not. No, because <laughs> you don't have citizenship. You don't dress the way that Americans dress. You don't culturally uh, do anything that Americans do. And you don't even speak the language. Yeah. Definitely don't think I'd be called American. No, no. And, you know, you could take any uh, nationality, you know, if same like tourists, right? American tourists going to Paris or to Germany or to England, you know, we're culturally American. Our citizenship is there, all that kind of stuff. So when people ask the question, well, if I don't have to worry about my assurance of salvation, I'm definitely going to heaven, um, then I don't have to worry about sin right now. I can just do what I want. That's still thinking about the train ticket way of viewing heaven, where it would be like, you know, that way of seeing things would be, you don't have to worry about losing your ticket because it got like implanted into you. And the only way to lose the ticket would be to like lose your arm and that's not going to happen. Um, but this way of seeing it is Jesus comes, he brings the kingdom and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm Lord. That's how the governance works in my kingdom, which means you have to do what I say. Here's um, how we talk in the kingdom. Here's what we do with our eyes. Here's what we do with our hands. This is what we do with our feet. This is what we do with our, our mind, with our heart, with our, with our resources. Um, this is, uh, um, there's another one in my head. 
um, this is how we love. This is the way that we um, treat each other. This is the way that we treat this world. Um, we were people who bring life and love and beauty and truth. Um, and if you and and here's your citizenship by my blood. If we fail to live with that, with Jesus as, as king, and we go, well, I'm going to do my own thing, and we don't use our hands and our eyes and our mouth and our feet and our brains and our hearts the way that he tells us to, we don't have the culture of the kingdom, we don't have love for people, for God, or for his creation. We aren't people who are bringing life and love and truth and beauty and goodness into this world. How can we really say that we're citizens of the kingdom? How can we say that we're citizens of heaven right now? So that the, the thought, yeah, of, you know, well, can I just do what I want? It's, well, no, because... If you, just, if you want to say, I've been freed from my slavery to sin and I've been set free to live under the kingship of Jesus to do what he says, to love what he loves and to live according to his word. And then you go, but I'm going to voluntarily serve the forces of evil in this world and my own sin. Well, then nothing has changed. You're still living in that, in that slavery. Now, that would also say, I, you know, I would want to, I want to be cautious in the way that I say that because some people would be like, well, then if I still sin, that means I'm not saved and I'm not a part of the kingdom. No, that's not what I mean. Because if you imagine living under slavery your entire life and then you're set free, you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I have freedom. And then probably like, you know, within a year you're like, but what do I do? Because I'm so used to living that way in, in slavery. I don't know how to think for myself. I don't know how to behave free. I don't, I don't know. Um, so it, it's actually easier to just go and voluntarily serve your old master than moving on to an entirely new one and learning how to serve this new master. Um, so I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, what did I say? I just want to make sure... Uh, I'm being understood correctly. <laughs> well, what I took away from that was uh, you try not to sin, but like you do your best not to sin. Mm -hmm. um, but if you if you make a few mistakes occasionally, because we're all human and yeah. we all make mistakes, yeah. uh, then you still get to go to heaven. That's what I got from that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's we're gonna we're gonna stumble. We're gonna trip. We're not gonna walk perfectly, but we're walking. You know, um, and the walking is the sign that we, we've been transferred out of that kingdom of darkness. We've, we've left slavery. We now have this new kingdom of light that we're already living in, you know, that we don't have to wait until we die to experience heaven. We're experiencing heaven on earth because of Jesus um, in the community, I, I would want to say, too. It's, it's in the church that it, this is felt most. Um, and we're living free. That doesn't mean that we aren't tempted and lured by our old masters um, of sin and, uh, and that we don't sin occasionally. But I think you can, yeah, for the most part, you, you 
can tell, you know, if, if someone, I mean, people are really good at hiding things sometimes, but like you can see in general, I think we know what it looks like to live free and we, we don't have to like create lines around that and like only only here as long as you don't do these sins then you really are free and yeah i don't i don't think that's how that works so yeah cool all right Uh, i on that note do you think we should just wrap this up i feel like this sure yeah it's a really good conversation this is good yeah i can't remember if there was anything else i wanted to talk about so I i mean there was another question on the doc We can get to that a different time then, then. you know? Yeah. So guys, if you have questions that you want to to have us answer and have Isaiah ask me and we talk, um, submit them in the Google Doc. This was really, really good. Good questions that were asked. Um, Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So until next time, go and tell them.